Happy Monday, one and all. It is the EP Podcast. I'm Austin Horton, and it is a military Monday. And boy, I've got a great story to share with you today in regards to a military hero from World War II, nonetheless, who just keeps overcoming the odds and keeps being heroic even to this day. A nod and a tip of the cap to Andrew Adams of uh, KSL for turning us on to this story here at the EP Podcast. You'll hear a a snippet of that report coming up in just a moment. But I also need to start today off with a very happy birthday to my beautiful, amazing, wonderful wife, Whitney, who turned a, a ripe old 23 years old again yesterday on July 19th and uh, she she doesn't look a day past that so that's that's the age we're going with right there is 23 and she is just the most amazing mother the most amazing friend to everybody she comes in contact with if you ever meet or have the privilege of just happening across my wife rest assured she'd do anything and I do mean uh, anything within her t- her her power and legal rights to help you and assist you because she's just that nice and friendly of a person. I joke around all the time, uh, not joke around, it actually happened, but uh, when we were engaged and it was a couple weeks before we were to be married and we were meeting with our uh, respective uh, church leaders, hers and mine, and she lived in Utah County, I lived up in Davis County, and when we met with mine, uh, you know, we, we met jointly and then she left and I met with, with him uh, alone and we were talking over and he told me, asked me to tell him about her. And I said, you know, the, the best way I can describe my fiance is she's the type of person that will make a new best friend in a public restroom. She's just that friendly and, and that warm and everybody just gravitates towards her. And, uh, you know, it's not how I am, but that's how she is. And it's fun and it's, it's awesome. And, She's just so such a joy to be around. And then we left that room and went out in the hallway. And here came my then-fiancé, later to be my wife, Whitney, out of the bathroom down the hallway from us, just chatting it up, laughing it up, having a good conversation with this woman who she had just met in the, in the women's room there at the church. And I, I looked over at the, the church leader, the stake president, and he just kind of chuckled and shook his head and said, that wasn't an analogy, was it? I said, no, that was that was just a real, a real example, not an analogy. So there you go. Happy birthday to my amazing, beautiful wife. I don't know what she possibly saw in me. I still don't know what she sees in me. But, boy, I'm glad that she sees it because she and, and our, our mini version of her, our two-year-old daughter, are just such lights in this incredibly dark world. And, and they, they turn it upside down and they make it so happy and bright. And it's something this world needs more of is their personalities. And so happy birthday to my beautiful wife, Whitney. I do have some big news to share with you today. I, I sent it out on Twitter last night and I'm standing by it today with a caveat that in, is in regards to some transfer news that I'm hearing uh, out of the local college football world. And we'll get to that. But before, and then, of course, as I mentioned, Military Monday. Before we do that, though, we got to start, as we do each and every day, with a This Day in Sports History lesson. Today, being July 20th, a lot of British Open news took place on July 20th throughout the years. But what I want to uh, first mention is uh, 1996, Ben Simmons, Australian basketball point guard, 
was born on July 20th in 1996 in Melbourne, Victoria. Uh, he, uh, of course, went number one overall to the 76ers in 2016. He's going to be playing a little bit of point forward, apparently, uh, this coming season, or excuse me, these com- in these coming weeks for the 76ers there in Orlando. He is the most fascinating player in the NBA from a skills standpoint for me, being he has such an incredible size and length and athleticism and smarts, and and yet he can't shoot the, the long ball. If he ever got a, a long-range shot down to at least the, the league average or so, look out. He would be the MVP year in and year out. I don't really care for him like a lot of Jazz fans don't. I think he cheated to get Rookie of the Year, but who really cares? What does that ultimately really matter? He is an incredible basketball player, and happy birthday to uh, Ben one made three-pointer, I think, in his NBA career, Simmons of the Philadelphia 76ers. July 20th, 1976, Hank Aaron, Hammer and Hank, hit his 755th home run off of Angels pitcher Dick Drago. It was Hank Aaron's final home run of his incredible Major League Baseball career. July 20th, 2000, the leaders of Salt Lake City's bid to win the 2002 Winter Olympics were indicted by a federal grand jury for bribery, fraud, and racketeering. And July 20th, 2015, British Open men's golf, St. Andrews, American Zach Johnson wins in a four-hole playoff with Australian Mark Leishman and Louis Oosthuizen of South Africa. That was an incredible British Open for sure. There you go. This day in sports history for the date of July 20th. I want to start with the news that I uh, tweeted out last night. Of course, uh, I, I heard uh, I heard uh, last week. Well, now I guess it was the previous week from a source that is in Provo and, and has knowledge of some inner workings of BYU football. And then, and I and I kind of just went, ah, that's one person talking. I, you, you, I'm just going to let this lie. I'm not any kind of investigative reporter. I don't really. <laughs> do that sort of thing. I'm a radio producer and personality, and I, I more or less like people, other people, other reporters to break the news, and then I react to it. Not to say that I enjoy being last or anything like that. I just, I, I like to uh, have an opinion. I like to share my opinion. I don't necessarily enjoy hard-hitting news of giving the facts and then stepping back. I like to, you know, give you the facts and then give you my opinion. And so I try to keep away from that and let the real professionals in that regard do those type of things. But I heard from this person in Provo this news and kind of went, okay, whatever, and then saw a few things online here and there. I thought, well, this could just still be just a rumor. And then over the weekend, I heard from a a source in Salt Lake well, in uh, the surrounding area of Salt Lake City, the general, the grander area of Salt Lake City, who has some knowledge of some things up at the U, and they said the same news to me, not verbatim, but the exact same facts, independent of that person in Provo. So the person in Provo telling me this, seeing a few things flying around online, and then this person on Salt Lake, in Salt Lake rather, saying the same thing, I decided to tweet it out. With the caveat, of course, that in the, in this 2020 that we know and hate slash love, things change on a minute-by-minute minute basis. So uh, I, I do believe 
that this is really all but a done deal, but there's always that chance that minds could change. But here's the bit of news. If you didn't see it, you can follow me on Twitter at Austin Horton. I'm told that Devontae Henry Cole, who transferred from Utah to BYU uh, earlier this year, is now considering uh, a, a transfer to Utah State uh, for several reasons. Um, it, it, it's just uh, th- there's some things that are holding it up, uh, <laughs> you know, all kinds of personal reasons that are out there. That I, I, I do think I, I heard uh, a tale that his perhaps he has a, a romantic connection to somebody in Logan, uh, but I also heard that it, they, he'd be fine. He knew that ahead of time before when he chose to go to Provo. He had that in the works anyway as part of his life. So that wasn't the that wasn't a, as big of a factor as someone else might believe it or make it out to be. I, I heard that it had some to do with he may or may not believe that BYU's losing those P5 games due to COVID-19 and the P5 game, uh, conferences going to non-conference or getting rid of non-conference games that he, he might – think that that is less of an opportunity for him to be seen by professional scouts and eyes than he originally signed up for to play in Provo. Uh, I've also, this one of the other sources, one of the sources I should say, said that uh, it's, one said it's all but a done deal and expects an announcement soon, but that it's not 100% done. The other said, ah, these things change all the time and that there's a handful of, uh, people uh, at BYU who are considering things because they just don't know what type of season BYU is going to be able to put together. Because we also saw rumors and tales and reports of possibility that Alabama could be playing BYU in, league, in week one. So we'll see. And maybe no one has a football season this fall. Who absolutely knows? Nobody but Devontae Henry Cole. Uh, what I do know for a fact is that to a person, everybody loves Devontae Henry Cole as a man, as a citizen, as an individual, uh, and, and as a very gifted football player. And that if he were to leave BYU, where he is a good fit for that program and for that culture. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, he was baptized uh, and is, is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so he lives those standards that BYU holds its st- students up uh, to every day already. So it's all it's a good fit in that regard. But also, BYU needs a, a running back like Devonta Henry Cole. And if he were to leave BYU, it would be it would be a sting for uh, the Cougars in, in that regard. But again, the pandemic, as I said on Twitter, the pandemic changes things on a daily basis for every single one of us. Student athlete is not uh, immune to those changes and to those thoughts. Every single person in this world daily has things ebb and flow during a pandemic like this. That's one thing that we've all learned uh, throughout this ordeal is that you can't really count on too much because it might change in the next moment. Uh, You're looking at what the NFL is doing with right now. They didn't have a plan in place. Uh, and so now they've got all they've got all kinds of players up in arms as they're reporting to training camp this week that there's no plan in place for how to test, when to test, what happens if there's a positive test. We're, we may not see an NFL season happen because of poor leadership. There's the, and a lot of lead, this is not the time, by the way, to be a leader. 
because regardless of who you are and in what station uh, of life and leadership that you are employed or, or not employed, but, you know, engaged, you are making mistakes because it's unprecedented. Since 1918, there has not been this scale, this level of a pandemic. Uh, and it's just, you got to try and make as few mistakes as you possibly can while you make these decisions while you're leading. So getting off in the weeds a little bit. But the news there, and maybe we'll, we'll hear more by the time I post this podcast. But as, a, as of, in fact, I'll just level with you. It is now 12.10 a.m., Monday, July 20th, just after midnight uh, and when I'm uh, edit, recording this and posting this. So maybe by the time this gets up online and by the time you see it later this morning, it'll it'll all have changed or have happened. But just wanted to make sure that got that out there for the loyal listeners of the EP podcast. We'll see what happens. I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. But for what it's worth, a source in Provo, later a source in Salt Lake City, independently of each other, I don't even think they know each other, frankly. Uh, they might know of each other, but I don't know if they are uh, if they know each other, so to speak, if they've ever met or have a relationship. But, in fact, they, they definitely know of each other. But, anyway, independent of each other, I heard these this news and, and, and these talks, and so I decided, okay, let's go with it and see what happens. But, uh, like I said, by the time this post, maybe it all changes or has already happened. But uh, we'll see. And, you know... It is weird to see a guy transfer twice uh, in an, in one off season, but that's grad transfers and that's pandemic. The things change, and you just kind of have to throw your hands up and go, "This is a unique experience in all regards." And it's fun to at least have some sports news and rumors and reports to talk about, rather than focusing on whether or not the season is actually going to be played. But speaking of which, let's get to stop number two here on a military Monday edition of the EP podcast as we keep our eyes fixed on that Orlando bubble situation for the NBA. Not any real news here, but did want to mention the scrimmage schedule for the Utah Jazz as it's been announced, the Jazz have a game this Thursday and Saturday. Also, let's see. I'll tell you the they'll all be um, they'll all be presented live on both AT and T Sportsnet on TV and right here on the Zone Sports Network, home of your Utah Jazz, in their entirety. Thursday, July twenty third, it'll be against the Phoenix Suns. That game will play at six p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, it's a scrimmage, uh, and so you'll hear that and watch that on the Zone and AT and T Sportsnet at six p.m. against the Suns this Thursday. You've got the Saturday, July twenty-fifth game scrimmage against the Miami Heat. Uh, it will air at seven p.m., although uh, that's the broadcast time. The scrimmage will be on tape delay due to previously scheduled programming. Uh, as for the the TV. I'm not sure about the radio. Maybe we'll take carry that one live uh, in the afternoon on Saturday. And then Monday, July 27th, against the Brooklyn Nets, 3.30 in the afternoon. Uh, and that, again, is a scrimmage. So scrimmage Thursday at 6 o'clock against the Suns. Saturday, 7 p.m. TV against the Heat. Stay tuned for exact announcement on 
when the uh, the radio broadcast will be out. I would assume we'll take that live in the afternoon. And then Monday the 27th against the Nets, 3.30 on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. As for the rest of the uh, regular season, it'll begin uh, July 30th, Thursday, July 30th, against the Pelicans. You'll hear that starting at 4.30 on The Zone. Saturday, August 1st, against the Thunder. You'll hear that starting at 1.30 p.m. on The Zone. Monday, August 3rd, against the Lakers, a 7 p.m. tip-off on The Zone. Wednesday, August 5th, the Memphis Grizzlies, 12.30 in the afternoon on The Zone. Friday, August 7th, against the Spurs, 11 a.m. tip, 97.5 The Zone. Saturday, August 8th, against the Nuggets, another 1.30 in the afternoon Saturday game. That one will be on The Zone. AT&T Sportsnet and TNT. Monday, August 10th against the Mavericks. 1 p.m. tip-off on AT&T Sportsnet, The Zone, and NBA TV. And then Thursday, August 13th against the Spurs, Time, Arena, and TV, National TV, TBD. But you will hear that game and watch that game locally on AT&T Sportsnet and 975-1280 the zone stay tuned uh, on the on we'll have the jazz availability live and or delay tape delayed whenever it's available for you all day long Monday through Friday on the Zone Sports Network. Uh, TV, play-by-play will be Craig Bullerjack, Matt Harpreen and Thurl Bailey, and Kristen Kenny. Uh, on the radio, you've got, of course, David Locke and Ron Boone live inside Vivint Smart Home Arena, and yours truly producing a good chunk of those games as we bring along a new full-time producer for Utah Jazz Radio Broadcasts this coming uh, in, in their near future. So there you go. Little jazz news ahead of the scrimmages this coming week and into next for the Utah Jazz. It is a military Monday here on the EP podcast, and I've got an incredible story to share with you. 98-year-old John Bush, B-U-S-C-H, he is a World War II veteran, and at 98 years old, he has now not only survived World War II, but he has survived and beaten COVID-19. KSL's Andrew Adams had this report on the 10 o'clock news last night, and I could not believe it. It was just an incredible story. So I wanted to play it for you now. Again, 98-year-old John Bush, World War II vet, survivor of that ugly, incredible war, and now a survivor of COVID-19. Here is Andrew Adams' report from KSL-TV. It's just amazing what he's gone through. With so much spoken in the past tense, this is a story. Well, he... uh... It sounds like an obituary. That's for sure. Yep. The life of John Bush had always been a dogfight with death. When World War II erupted in Europe, Bush enlisted in the Air Force at the age of 16. Lied about his age, I, I believe. In 25 bombing missions, his planes went down twice. The first one was... They ran out of gas. They just luckily made it to the beach of La Hinch, Ireland. The second came over the English Channel while on board a B-24. 
Nazi fighters shot the plane down, killing eight crew members. The nickname of the plane was, a, was the Flying Coffin. My dad was just happened to be by a window, and it sucked him out. It was just fate that he got out of that plane. So, yeah, amazing. Survival became a storyline that propelled Bush into old age. He had a, a heart attack with several bypasses, prostate cancer that he survived, skin cancer where they had to take off part of his ear. It seemed nothing could take away Bush's determination to live. At 95 or whatever, he was painting and fell. Uh, off the chair. The, the chair. At the age of 98, Bush finally found himself here under the care of others. Of course, recently he contacted COVID at the veterans' home, and uh, we thought that was it. That, that, that's that's it. It, it was not. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Okay. Here is your lovely father. Oh, Here, hi, Dad. Even the stealthiest of foes could not foresee Bush's resiliency. Hi. How are you doing today? Uh, it's going. It's going, yeah. Though 13 other residents died, Bush somehow survived once again. Even though I'm talking to you now, I can't think of uh, Am I over it? In a life full of war stories. All I know is we're on fire. This old man now has another. How I did is beyond me. I don't even, I don't even know. And in the ultimate battle of attrition, this soldier continues to be a survivor. I'm a survivor? Well, I'll tell you what. Because I'm a survivor, give me a Hershey bottle of <laughs> That obituary will have to wait. I wouldn't mind jumping off the Empire State Building and see if I can survive that. I think it's just his, his, his spirit, a never-give-up spirit. He is strong and wants to keep going, so he's not ready to give in. Andrew Adams, Castle 5 News. <laughs> what an incredible, incredible man. John Bush, 98 years old, survives two plane crashes in World War II. First, lies about his age. By, by two and a half years to get into World War II, then survives two plane crashes, survives the whole war, goes through his entire has a heart attack, has cancer, survives those, gets to his late 90s in this uh, veteran's home in Salt Lake City, contracts COVID. His family thinks, well, boy, has he had a good fight or what? This is It's too bad that a pandemic, uh, a novel, novel, I should say, coronavirus gets him. And then he beats that. And then he says, oh, I wouldn't mind jumping off the Empire State Building at this point just to see if I survive that. And yeah, when you're 98 and you've survived a war, the, 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 the World War II, not just a war, you survive cancer, you survive heart attack, you, you, you then survive COVID-19, yeah, you might want to say, yeah, well, let's go ahead and try it. So a tip of the cap and a hearty salute and thank you to a hero among us, John Bush, 98 years old young, or excuse me, 98 years young, I should say, just continuing to beat everything that comes his way. Boy, if he can if he can do all that he's done in his life, I can drive to work and back each day without cussing and flipping someone off. Can't I? Can't I survive that much? Thank you, John Bush, for the example and uh, for your service, of course.
It's going to do it for a Monday edition, a military Monday edition of the EP podcast. Stay tuned to 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We'll have all the breaking news the second it happens, be it local or national or world news, be it sports-related or not, college football, jazz, NBA, baseball, the Bs, uh, Utah State, BYU, Utah, well, BYU, <laughs> BYU, Utah, and otherwise Weber State. Wherever you go, whatever you're doing, keep it tuned to us. We'll have it there for you absolutely first. I'll see you on a we don't, or excuse me, whoa, there was a throwback. Sup, TP? I'll see you on a, an acoustic Wednesday edition of the EP Podcast. I'm Austin Horton. Until then, be good to each other. And I, I'll tell you a great little story happened not too long ago. My son, uh, who plays piano now, he's getting really good at it. And we were sitting in the den the other day, and my wife and I was watching TV. And he comes in and he goes, hey, Dad, I'm going to play you a song on the piano. I said, hey, great. So I go into where the piano is, and he goes, I'm going to play you a song from Harry Potter. And I said, oh, cool, the movie? He goes, nope, the book. Here's your sign. I was talking about hunting. Last October, I went hunting down to ranch. And uh, I had, again, my camouflage pants, camouflage jacket, camouflage ball cap. We did the morning hunt, didn't get anything. Well, I had to go into the Walmart at lunch to get some supplies. And I walk in the front door of the Walmart, and the greeter goes, You been hunting? (laughs) I said, Nope, I'm on my way to a tree hugging party. (laughs) Here's your sign. <laughs> I'll tell you one my wife did. I was uh, book, I booked on this corporate job, and uh, it was in Arkansas, and we it was a morning show, so we had to fly in the night before on this little puddle jumper airplane in this remote airstrip at night. I was not thrilled. When we landed on the runway at night, we hit a deer with our airplane. <laughs> you cannot make this up. And it killed the deer. It wrecked the engine. We had to evacuate the plane. Well, they put us in this little minivan, and they bust us back to this terminal. And, and I'm laughing at this point, because this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I mean, how do you hit a deer with an airplane? <laughs> so I called my wife on the cell phone. I said, baby, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> we just hit a deer with our airplane. And there was a silence <laughs> on the other end of the line, followed by, oh, my God, were you on the ground? I said, nope, Santa was making one last run. <laughs> Here's your sign. And I had one almost got me thrown in jail. I took my wife to Europe this year, and we'd been over there for a couple of weeks. We bought a couple of paintings about that big, you know, about 11 by 15, and they were too small to check, and we didn't want to get them damaged, so we just carried them on the airplane. Well, our plane lands from Frankfurt, Germany, into Los Angeles for customs. We walk off the plane into customs. We're holding the paintings in our hand, and the customs agent goes, Did y'all buy them paintings outside of the country? (laughs) No. No, see, we carry this one all the time with us. (laughs) And my wife painted this one while we was waiting in line. (laughs) Here's your sign. God bless you, gentlemen.